0: Most entrepreneurs struggle to generate more customers and online leads. Lack of quality online leads means lack of revenue and that's bad for your business. Here at Investing in the US Podcast, we have partnered up with Ardor SEO, who have developed a system to help maximize your business and online exposure. Your experience as a business owner can radically change for the better with the right SEO team, and with Ardor's system, you wouldn't believe how simple it can be. So, find out more by heading over to ArdorSEO.com. That's A-R-D-O-R-S-E-O.com. Now, back into the show.
1: Uh, your typical crowdfunding site is more of, more of a middleman. So, they're 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 getting their investor base, they're finding the sponsors and operators, and they're kind of acting and this middleman type approach. And so through the years, I think when people considered and registered for us and started learning about hold folio, they, they learned that there was no middleman, you know, it's, it's our deals. Uh, And so that was probably our biggest competitive advantage and something that really resonated with people is that uh, they didn't have to think about these all these different operators and, and kind of vet any deal that you invest in, it's, as important, maybe more important, probably more important, the operator, the people behind the deal.
0: Welcome to Investing in the US, a podcast for real estate investors, business owners and aspiring entrepreneurs looking to break into the US market. Join Reid as he interviews go-getters, risk-takers, and the best in the business about their journey towards financial freedom and the sheer joy of creating something from nothing. Today on the show, the pleasure of speaking with Jacob Blackett. Now, Jacob and his original business partner were back on this show way back in episode 93. I very highly recommend going and checking that out uh, and giving it a listen to what they were doing then. And now we have him back on the show by himself. Um, And for those people who don't know who Jacob is, Jacob is a real estate sponsor. Uh, He's a software entrepreneur who currently owns and manages over 1,100 multifamily units across a portfolio worth over $190 million. He currently focuses on multifamily and specializes in online syndications, which is what we're gonna talk to him today about. Um, but he's most passionate about creating profitable partnerships and ways to innovate through automation and technology and creating simple systems and structures in order to be more profitable for his investors and his, you know, his portfolio. So really excited to have him on the show today by himself. He's no longer with, uh, with his business partner. We're going to talk a little bit about that, but you know, nothing, nothing major. But uh, I'm really excited to have him on the show and I'll get him out here in a minute. But, um, but enough out of me, let's get him out here. G'day, Jacob. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today, mate? I am doing well. Thanks, Reid. Mate, I just mentioned that we had you on the show back uh, in episode number 93, which we're at, we're at 220 now or something. So <laughs> that's over two and a half years ago. Um, and you are originally on with your business, your former business partner, uh, Sterling White. So maybe you want to give a quick uh, rundown what's happened in the last two and a half years uh, for the listeners. Yeah, well, a lot. Uh, two and a half years is a, is a long time, uh, even though...
1: Uh, even though it might not seem so a lot can happen. So really when, when we had caught up last time, Reed, we were focusing on single family homes as, uh, and building up a single family home portfolio. We had purchased, I believe an apartment by that time, one apartment, but uh, since then we've pivoted uh, to 100% multifamily uh, acquisitions we uh, we continue selling our single family homes and and hope to be divested from those by the end of the year. Uh, and as you mentioned, uh, my partner back from the starting of Holdfolio, um, Mr. Sterling White, uh, we we went separate ways at, at the end of last year, uh, and luckily remain on great terms. Uh, we had five year run together and it was amazing, uh, but. You know, I, he's he's definitely uh, a person to sail his own ship and and chase you know his own ambitions and and so we had a great run together.
0: Yeah, it's it's an interesting um, thing the evolution of partnerships and they they always come to not necessarily an end but but they evolve and that's that's how people grow right and, and i think as confidence grows and as people listening to this show as they start going out in the world of becoming an entrepreneur particularly in the real estate space you partner with people but over time you you, you grow like in you you have different aspirations you have different drives and that's okay right and it doesn't have to be um Oh, the partnership didn't work. It's not that the partnership didn't work. It's just that we did ruin different directions. And that's, and, and, and you still remain friends today. And I think that's yeah. really, really important for so many people out there. Is there any sort of lessons you could, or just, you know, a couple of top tips that you can give to the folks out there listening about making sure that you are okay with the evolution of partnerships?
1: Yeah, I think the, going into any partnership with the mindset that you just laid out, the fact that we are evolving humans. And so- we may be 100% in on the same page today, but that doesn't mean that as years and years progress that you're going to stay in sync. And so right. I think the, the most important thing and what I learned about my partnership with Sterling over the years is that uh, the reason I was attracted to working with him in the first place is that because is that he's a go getter, you know, he, mm-hmm. he is out there. He's very extroverted. Uh, I'm, more introverted. I'd rather kind of give me a spreadsheet. Let me, you know, (laughs) let me analyze something and, and let me stay behind the scenes. Sterling was uh, kind of the opposite, you know, I'll kind of I'll do anything uh, it takes very motivational. um, Just an excellent person to, to be, to be and grow a business with. And so uh, so yeah, I think that one takeaway there is that we didn't really over, we didn't step on each other's toes. Uh, right. On many things, and uh, and just being able to work with someone who's open minded and and flexible, I mean it's it's a two way street, and so uh, so yeah, we found a lot of success in that.
0: Yeah, no, I want to just I, I don't want to dwell too much on partnerships, but I know same similar type of scenarios happen with me and my business partner, and I think as the evolution of becoming an entrepreneur, and I keep using that word evolution, I have got to stop, <laughs> but as we evolve. Um, and grow as human beings, in the beginning, there's so many things to do, right? And you need that partner to come in who is the yin to your yang, who, is, who, do, who does have complementary skill sets. I know with my business partner and I, the reason we were attracted to one another was one, because we could both hustle, but two, we had complementary skill sets. And exactly the same as what you've just described. You'd think that I'm the outrovert, and I am, but I actually do the numbers. I'm the I'm the operations guy behind our, yeah. our operations at, at Wildhorn Capital, and actually Andrew is is he's not in the details, and he's more of the I always say to you know he, he shakes the tree or the lemon mm-hmm. tree, and I determine if we make lemonade or lemon juice. <laughs> and so, um, that, no, I just I I say that because I wanted to um, mirror back the fact that I've been in that situation. A lot of people have been in that situation, and you need to mm-hmm. when you come into partnerships, you do it in order to distribute the workload because it is easier to have two bums in seats than just one, right? And I think as you grow, you see your different strengths and weaknesses, and then you, you ultimately go off and, and, and pursue other things in, in the future. And that's yeah. okay. And that's and so many people are, you know, I, I, I talk about um, my, uh, mentors on, on this show as well a lot. And the same thing happens with mentors. You will use them and partners, very similar to partners, you will use each other as mentors, as partners for a period of time, but you will grow and that's okay that in 10 or five or 10 years time that you change. Yeah. Um, because that is the, that is the evolution of business, and and you have to be an entrepreneur, you know, reacting to that change and and sort of surfing the wave. And if you stay stagnant, you're going to get sucked out the back, and and you won't ever grow. So, yeah. um, kudos yeah. to you guys for 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 realizing where where you've come from and and where you need to go to. Yeah, it it, it was
1: good. Uh, and and you also acquire partners. Uh, I have a partner today in Holdfolio, Vanessa she, she's amazing. She, uh, I'm very operational focused. And so one of my primary responsibilities was the overseeing our property management. We, we take a very hands-on approach. So we manage most of the properties we own directly ourselves. We have a construction company. It's, it's a lot of moving parts. And, and so there was a point in time there where we started working together with Vanessa as a, as a more of a, an employee, just a hired on employee role, but realized the value and talent there and just having a plus rock stars on your team is just invaluable. So, uh, so I ended up making her partner in the company just to solidify, uh, solidify that uh, relationship. And, and it's just so, so important to the company's health.
0: Yeah, no, I completely agree. And um, So tell me how you have pivoted over the last couple of years into what you do today.
1: Yeah, there's, There's probably two, there's two biggest pivots. Uh, Number one, we stopped buying single family homes completely and started actually selling off that portfolio and focused on multifamily units. Uh, So we went from over the last few years, uh, zero multifamily to, well, I think we had one duplex uh, to over 1100 units today. And uh, that's just been a breath of fresh air as, our goal has always been recurring income uh, and cash flow, and having the the scale and having uh, the all of the benefits of multifamily and, and financing. Uh, just lenders want want to write loans on these assets. Uh, so so yeah, it's it's been great. So that that's one big pivot, is asset class. Um, the second pivot for me is starting another business, a new venture. Uh, We, through Holdfolio, Holdfolio was really born because back in 2012 and 2013, the very first crowdfunding sites were coming online for real estate investing. And this was because of the Jobs Act that was passed in 2012. And it was just catching my eye seeing these crowdfunding sites raising capital online and just people being able to jump into a website and, and place equity into a into a, a real estate deal. I thought that was fascinating. And so I had built that, built that up through Old Folio from day one in terms of being able to raise money through the website and get commitments. And so that through time grew into a whole new business, a separate entity that, that I founded and just having a blast running uh, today.
0: And talk to me about that because it sounds like you're doing a lot of stuff, a lot of moving pieces. You just mentioned you have got your own property management in house. You have your own construction. You have 1,100 units, which is nothing to sneeze at, but also very. You're doing it very early on. Like I know we're over 2,000 now, and we still don't, haven't got that in, brought that in house yet. And we're actually thinking more. It's come when it comes to 3,000 units, um, probably in 12 months' time, that we would start to bring it in house, just because you get the scale there. So, mm-hmm. and then you to add to, to that, on top of that, you have got the technology side of it. So. How do you manage all of those moving pieces and make sure that you are the master of, you know, of one thing and not just a, a jack of all trades?
1: Yeah, it it comes down to a big important piece to me is technology, uh, right? So there's so many different different tools and and things we can use, but but really honing in and seeing and finding things that work for you. Uh, for example, I use task management that's built into uh, my inbox with G suite. So Mm -hmm. a lot of things today, of course, are revolve around the the inbox and just being able to manage that and have tasks and plan your days, right. And, and control your time. And, uh, also, for example, you could sit in your inbox all day. Uh, (laughs) you you could just sit there and and just, just maintenance it and respond to things and and find things to do. Uh, but,
0: being, and that's what and that's what the majority of us do, right? Is just literally <laughs> sit on our emails and, and just play gatekeeper to whatever comes through. Yeah, <laughs> but I, sorry, yeah. But I interrupted you.
1: I, and I still catch myself doing it, but but really being able to batch email, for example, uh, like just just leave it alone for an hour or two, come back to it, and then just focus on on just getting those replies out, and then and then go away from it again, you know, mm. and and focus on those projects uh, and those those high level tasks that are going to move you forward in life. So mm. uh and in business. And so that's been very important to me uh in in the real estate business. Uh it was important to be able to streamline our capital raising and in our investor relationships. So we have uh, 18 partnerships that we manage today. Uh that's you know that, that's a lot of different deals, a lot of different investors. It's over 600 investments. Uh, and so you, you have a lot of things to do from updates and, and taxes. And, and when you're raising capital in the first place, uh, having a place to streamline that. And, and so, um, so yeah, that's, that's my answer and, and being able to delegate, right. Uh, yes. it's, it, it, 100% comes down to the people that you're able to attract and work with in the business. And so, it just wouldn't be possible without great partners uh, and and just A-plus team that, that's working what, on it.
0: What's your philosophy on attracting the right type of partners and, and employees? Because that's such a big piece. And particularly as young companies where the revenue, you talk about recurring revenue, and it sounds like you're controlling as much of it as you can with 1,100 units, which I think is very, very key for those people listening out there that – instead of paying the 25 or 3% asset manage, uh, property management fee somewhere else, it's, it's now coming direct to Jacob and his team. But at what stage did you think, okay, I've got enough runway here to bring on a couple of employees to help me scale because you talk about the delegation piece that you can't be, when you've got, looks well, sounds like four different re- 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 revolving businesses, the, the property buying, the, the, asset, the assets themselves, you've got the property management, construction, and you've got the technology piece there has to be a point where you're like, okay, let's take the, let's put our big boy pants on. And at what stage were you when you decided to double down and say, okay, I'm going to bring on some employees. I'm going to bring on some people because I know that I'm investing in the business for the long term.
1: Yeah. So my experience, uh, I, w- I had the fortunate ability to work in a property management company when I was s- straight out of college. And so I had a lot of experience uh, in the trenches, this property management company had a thousand single family homes that they're managing. There was a lot going on. And, and, uh, and for whatever reason, I don't even remember contemplating this thought, but when I, when I started building my own buy and hold portfolio, I just did it myself. I, you know, I, I had, I knew all the, I knew all the moving pieces, um, early on. I just did it myself. You know, I'm young, hungry. I'm working, from, you know, eyes awake to eyes shut, basically, <laughs> and just loving it. And so so early on, I did everything. Uh, and and with my partner, uh, Sterling, uh, we, we delegated between the two of us. And then I think our first hire came when we had a portfolio of about 50, about 50 single family homes, we went ahead and hired a, a leasing slash property manager in house, and kind of just scale it up from there, really from a property management perspective uh we didn't really cash or make money from property management we still don't really uh it's it's certainly covers its expenses but any profit is really negligible Mm
0: -hmm.
1: uh for us it's really just about control uh we just we just had had some experiences with third-party management um you can do it 100 percent you can find good third-party management i'm not gonna say that's impossible but it's not an easy task and uh and we just felt like we just felt like uh no one no one was gonna manage those properties like like we were going to. Uh and no, so
0: I, yeah, yeah sorry I didn't to interrupt
1: yeah and, and and also um the the type of asset class that we were purchasing early on uh it it was we were purchasing in in working class uh areas you would consider C, C minus uh areas where you can definitely find good tenants. Uh, but you got to filter through a lot. You know, it's, it's mm-hmm. not, it's not easy management. Uh, and so uh, on some of our nicer properties, it's way easier to have a third party manager because you know, there's, it's, it's not as much of a management task, but on those kind of lower end properties where where you've got uh, potentially higher crime or, or just, you, you've got to, you've got to uh, really go through 20, 30 applicants to get a good one and you've got to be really stringent um, and with the single family homes, having them all over town and, and trying to cut down on, on paying third-party vendors and those up charges, just trying to keep an eye on margins. Uh, that's, you know, that's kind of what drove us to doing all of it ourselves. So it's just kind of crazy thinking back on it, but, um, but yeah, it's what we did.
0: And, and how, what's the company look like today? Like How many employees do you have across those different four different business verticals, I'll call them? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and how, how, where's it, where's it going? What do you want to grow it to?
1: Yeah. Yeah. We have, we have, uh, between 12 and 14 individuals actually hiring, uh, for our position now. Uh, but there's two, two key principles, uh, myself and Vanessa. And then underneath that, we have, um, most of it's related to property management. So we have anything, you know, from those, those, uh, leasing agents and maintenance personnel on site, Uh, personnel. uh, And uh, yeah, so kind of a small, small net team.
0: Investing in the US podcast is proudly sponsored by ArdorSEO.com. Online marketing for your business shouldn't be a headache. And that's why the guys over at ArdorSEO have created a no hassle system that will increase your online traffic, increase your leads and generate predictable and reliable revenue. So what are you waiting for? Head over to ArdorSEO.com and find out more. That's a r d o r s e o dot Now back into the show. Yeah, but I think it's still it's impressive that you brought that in house and able to do that across you know 1,100 units. So I think oh, it's 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 awesome. So now when we pivot to the the online syndication platform. So we spoke a little bit in the green room before we press record here that. Um, you'd experienced back in the day these online platforms that were seem to be very, and in my experience as well, my my view of the space back in 2012 to 2016 was there a ton of people coming to, to market with these online crowdfunding platforms that seem, at least in my layman's opinion, have to have gone away in recent years. I don't know mm-hmm. if you would agree with that. So, how have you made yourself different in order? To, to to attract the more customers to use your platform in order to um, to be try to be the best in the biz if you can.
1: Yeah, I think I think um, since we were so early to raise money online, we did get lumped into the category of crowdfunding site. Uh, your typical crowdfunding site is more of, more of a middleman. So they're 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 getting their investor base. They're finding the sponsors and operators, and they're kind of acting and this middleman type approach and so through the years i think when people considered and registered for us and started learning about hold folio they they learned that there was no middleman you know it's it's our deals uh and so that was probably our biggest competitive advantage and something that really resonated with people is that uh they didn't have to think about these all these different operators and and kind of that uh, any deal that you invest in it's as important, maybe more important, probably more important, the operator, the people behind the deal, uh, the the deal metrics make sense. You got to vet that the deal makes sense, that it resonates. But it's really the people that are going to make or break that. Uh, and so I think that's that's what uh, early on, people uh, liked about what we were doing from an investor perspective. And and as I mentioned, um, it, we had built out our own site to raise capital and streamline these processes uh, uh, in-house, uh, actually with the web development company. Uh, I spent so much time and, and money uh, doing this. It's crazy. Uh, and it was actually in early 2018 that I started learning about investor portals and, and software that was available for this. And when I first first kind of saw those options, I, I was thinking, you know, it's, it's time that I check this out. Uh, Maybe it's, maybe it's time to get off the home baked site. Uh, There's something, something better here. So I took some demos and, and it was interesting, actually. I, after the demo, I felt like what I, what I had was shown and what I saw was, was really kind of bulky, uh, complicated. Like I I was on the call for an hour and I still felt like there were things I was looking at that didn't make sense. Um, And it felt like a lot and. And the price tag was, was pretty crazy too. Right. So, uh, so that's where I kind of scratched my head and I I looked at what we had built already. And I was thinking, you know, uh, I like this, I like what we have here. And so, um, it was around the same time that I kept having colleagues ask me, Hey, how, how do we build what you've built? Basically, how do we raise money online without paying this huge price tag to this investor portal? And, and so, um, I pitched the owner of the web development company, Amit uh, Meta, and and said, "Hey, I've got I've got colleagues and friends who are looking for this solution. Uh, I've just demoed kind of industry leaders, and I think that I think that what we built already is has some really unique advantages. And I think that we could polish this up and have a pretty interesting go, uh, pretty pretty interesting business model. So, so we polished up the corners." we launched a beta version uh, onboarded friends and colleagues and kept things quiet and, and it went really well uh, and i think the the thing that we continue to focus on is is ease of use uh mm. simplicity uh self service so it's really i think what the feedback that we continue to get from from new clients is that they they sign up they start using it it's intuitive they feel empowered by the software, right? I mean, that's the best thing you can do is deliver a product that, that people uh, can easily use. And, and, um, and so I think that's our our biggest competitive advantage in the marketplace. And, and uh, it's been, it's been going really well. It's, 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 I have a knack for technology and and systems and automation and, and it's just really fun and rewarding.
0: That's awesome. I think that's a, well, kudos to you, mate, for mate, taking the, the plunge because it is a uh, we use an online platform right now, uh, and it's been a bit clunky and growing pains and all that sort of stuff. So I know where you come from when it's uh, when you're trying to get that user interface to be really seamless. Because yeah. trust me, there there ain't no time like testing out a user interface when you've got a live deal and things <laughs> are going wrong. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and links don't work.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I think that's the other thing is uh, I since I have been personally raising monies online for seven years now uh and and over 18 deals and 600 investments uh, i i've heard from the investor right when when they something didn't make sense or they didn't know what the next step was and and so over this entire period that's what the platform reflects it you know it provides an experience where investors aren't Calling you, they're not asking questions. They're not confused. Oh, we're supposed we're supposed to fund now, or we're not supposed to fund, or you know, is you know, I can't find the can't find the investment, or having trouble gaining access. Like those are those are all uh, things that that you want to avoid. You want you want just a nice seamless experience uh, for the investor yeah. and the sponsor.
0: And I think at the end of the day, people are so expectant of that right now. Like I know, you know making sure it's, it works on it might work on a laptop but it might not work on your phone yet. Your mobile for the mobile phone app hasn't been developed. So like, but people are trying to sign these things on the fly. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's been very, I've been at the coalface as well, working with our, the group that we use, making sure that every single deal, it's getting better and better and better and easier and easier and easier for our investors because you don't want clunky technology as your forefront or forefacing, I should say, Mm -hmm. image of the, of your business. And it's if it's clunky. They're gonna like, oh god, imagine this is clunky. Imagine what the deal's gonna be like. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's already that subconsciousness of making sure everything is seamless from the beginning, so you can have that image of that you're professional and you're up to date, and that takes work, right? It doesn't just snap of the fingers. And I've learned very quickly through coding that. I'm not a coder, but when you ask for something to be done, you're like, "Yeah, that can can you just fix that like now? Like hurry up! Like it doesn't yeah. just happen overnight." And uh, right. and that's that's uh, that's been a definite learning curve for me as as a sponsor. Yeah. So yeah, we um, to, go ahead. I was just going to mention. I think one thing that
1: I'm proud of is that we have remained so agile uh, in our development process, and and our team just continues to surprise me uh, with how quick uh, we're able to do something like. We, we're working on so much at any given point in time. Our team is like just, you know, kind of uh, stressed out and, and crazy. But when, when there is a little something that wasn't working as expected uh, and, and it just is fixed, you know, within an hour, I just, I just love that uh, experience for, for our clients as well. You know, right. uh, just customer service first.
0: And so with the online raising portion of it, are you going through any regulations with the SEC? Like how are you making sure you're compliant on that side?
1: Yeah, we, we provide the, the tools to, uh, to help guide you depending on how you're raising capital. So, of course, the two most popular 506C and 506B uh, Reg D exemptions. And so the software is, is, very, uh, is very helpful depending on how you're raising uh, your money to help guide you. Um, we don't necessarily uh, tell you like, Hey, these are what you can't do. This is what you can <laughs> do. Um, but we, we provide the, the automations and the tools. Uh, we know, we, we know how uh, it's supposed to go. The, the platform was built with securities attorneys. Uh, and so it's, it's all there, but we're not going to proclaim that, Hey, raise money on the software and you'll be compliant because uh, right, 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 there's right. a lot of intricacies.
0: There are. There are. No, but I guess from a, a business point of view, how's that, how's that gone for you, making sure you are as, quote unquote, compliant from providing the tools to capital raisers or to uh, sponsors in order to be that you're not, you're not stepping on over the lines with the SEC and all that sort of stuff? That, I'm sure that in itself would have just been complex.
1: Yeah, quite honestly, the, the biggest consideration and something that is the most important thing on our perspective is security. Uh, making sure that investors and sponsors are signing in in a fashion that is secure through two factor authentication uh, making sure that it's end to end encryption encryption there's a lot of there's a lot of personal information important information, and so we take we take the same steps as banks do uh to ensure security and so that that was really a starting point uh for the platform and then uh from a compliance perspective uh like I mentioned. I've personally done 18 syndications and and we have uh, now uh, a few billion dollars being managed on the platform Uh, and so yeah there's definitely the tools there to make sure that you're verifying accreditation if you need to or investors are uh, self-accrediting or you're verifying that you have relationships and, and you have track record of the relationship right like like the audit of of all every every single step, so that if you were ever in that position, that you to say, yeah, we had a relationship, uh, it would be easy easy to do that, easy to prove right. uh, that case.
0: How do you think the with COVID and the future of this sort of online crowdfunding is going to evolve? To do you think this is now the new norm? Because I know years ago when I started doing real estate syndications, they we didn't have portals, so it's a relatively new technology and do you think it's going to be around for the long term
1: yeah it's it's new you're right um and and it's what we've seen is rapid adoption uh any anyone who has raised a dollar offline and raises that money online it's it's a it's a shift it's a paradigm shift uh in terms of just realizing the power the time savings the customer service so it's it's uh, 100% here to stay uh and 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 yeah, I don't think it's going anywhere. Just there's a lot of growth, though. There's a lot of adoption still to be had.
0: Right. It's like the uh, the the crowdfunding has all the crowdfunding sites have seemed to be pivoting to portals now, <laughs> right? And, and so, so does your portal have any of the SEO stuff built into it to attract investors? Because you spoke about white labeling before, which is really what you were talking about. I know some of the big companies out there. Um, do it I think it's Crowd Street one of sells sells a white label product mm-hmm. um, do you integrate with the sponsors website or do you have a sort of standalone website that everyone's going to come to and sign up and then the second question is, do you, how do, you, do you have a system on the back end to help the sponsors with the SEO part, you know, drive more traffic to their website in order to see the past deals or whatever mm-hmm. it might be? If, if, if they're raising through 506C um, for Charlie, which you can advertise on.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a good question. Uh, number one, you want to provide a very, uh, a very natural experience from a brand perspective so we give uh we give our users the ability to uh, of course upload their logo and and have that feel uh so that when someone's coming from your site and your brand and now they're logging in it's it's really seamless uh it doesn't mm-hmm. feel like oh i'm using this this different you know what's going on here it's it's really a, a seamless uh solution and we continue to develop more kind of uh more tools and ways to go about making that even more seamless so that's definitely one thing we focus on is just trying to make it feel uh, as much as part of your brand and your company and your website as possible and then when it comes to seo and and uh which is really coming into the marketing side uh, we we make the tool and the crm built in so that it so that it can integrate with many other tools uh, so that it's marketing friendly uh, and we continue to build that out with with that in mind, knowing uh, knowing what it's like to attract investors and and get your brand out. Uh, we're taking that one step at a time in terms of making that more and more friendly uh, and and getting more of those optimizations but but we don't we don't provide any marketing services ourselves.
0: Got it. Is there any future where that would be uh, uh, a tool in your belt? Yeah, I think sir. So. I think certainly
1: we've been working with uh, some marketing providers uh, who who work with people to attract and acquire investors and so they'll they'll probably will probably be something in the line of a strategic relationship with a firm that that we believe in and, and has really good track record uh, and and is familiar with syndication pro and and the tools and where it fits in the funnel um right Uh, but but yeah we probably won't get into that uh, ourselves
0: right no i think and i think it's it's an interesting business angle right it's combining the two where you really want to you talk about raising money online well let's talk about raising money online like you have to you've got your existing investors now onto a platform which is great but how do you get more people into the funnel and you do podcasting and books and branding and all that sort of stuff but also having that SEO piece of it, where it's it's sort of a one-two punch with the portal and the SEO. I think it's just excuse mm-hmm. me. It's, it seems like a natural progression for most online portals that your clients, at least I know I want to do it <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, with with mine. That like that's where the feedback, and I've heard from other operators that's where they want to keep that funnel, the, the, the tap turned on. but they might yeah. not they might not get all the the leads that come to the website, but having some sort of funnel where they can sign up for an email list, they can sign up to see some few videos, they can get the email campaign going, the drip feed going, mm-hmm. and then they can have a phone conversation, which also then goes back to helping with the getting to know one another. And then yeah. they could look at like past deals. Like there's all these different ways in which you could use the online marketing tools. And it just made, it, it just, it's, it's a natural fit that the yin and the yang go make that yin and yang scenario where you'd bring that seo part and marketing part into the portal part as well yeah. uh, well not in but but being at least uh, uh complementary uh, of one another
1: yeah we we do provide uh those mechanisms for people to sign up and opt in and and kind of that really top of the funnel uh on the on the first relationship and right. then and then uh automate things like scheduling that introduction call right so if you're meeting someone out of the blue um most naturally you're probably looking to get in touch with them and so we automate things like that as well within our crm
0: got it got it yeah that's awesome well mate at the end of every show we like to dive into the top five investing tips you ready to get into it yeah mate what is the daily habit you practice to keep on track towards your goals I have a hot sheet,
1: and it's a notepad. It's uh, it's actually in Google Keep, and it lists out my highest value activities, what I'm grateful for, uh, and some value propositions, and uh, and so that's something that I check into, try to check into every day to kind of get centered and and um, you know on on the right page for the day.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, I think having the importance of having a one. the the one thing you know in the day that you have to get achieved and not having 20 right because sometimes those 20 little activities don't actually ever get fully resolved and then they just keep dragging on to day two and day three and day four and then none of them get actually done by the end of the week so being really um methodical about understanding what is that one task that you need to get done every day or a couple of tasks and get it done for the day and then move on to task you know tuesday and to get another two tasks done so i think it's People sometimes forget that. And I'm sure with your business, mate, with all the, the the ecosystem that you've created, there'd be a lot of moving pieces that you'd have to be very, very disciplined on. Um, so it's so awesome stuff. Question number two is, who is the most influential person in your career to date? Wow, well, great question.
1: Um, you know, the first person that might come to mind would be... Um, Probably Tim Ferriss, you know, um, I hit his kind of philosophies and I, and I caught on to them maybe close to four years ago. I think that was a, a big shift for me personally, in terms of thinking about how to control your time, how to, uh, empower partners and employees. Uh, I think that has been very, very influential.
0: Yeah, and for those people who missed, uh, there was a bit of glitch in the internet. There it was Tim Ferriss, right? But yeah. a four-hour work week, Yep, yep. Uh, another book I can recommend to you if you're interested is Key Personal Influence, uh, written by an Australian author, but talks or sorry, Twenty Four Assets. He writes about um, the different assets in the business, everything from branding all the way through to the documentation. It would be something probably just to ch- check. Check. Uh, take a look at. Very aligned with taking that sort of more practical step from Tim and Dan Priestley is the, the author. He sort of takes that system uh, automation systems into Mm. what are the actual assets you're building. And he comes up with 24 of them. The magic number is 24 and and through different elements of the business, everything through marketing all the way through to standard operating procedures. So just something uh, to to check out there. Uh, Question number three is what is the most influential tool in your business that you use on a daily basis? And when I say tool, it could be a physical tool like a notepad or a computer, or it could be a software that you use. So what's the number one tool? You know, I I can't imagine
1: running Holdfolio without the software. Uh, I in it every day. It's it's such a such a foundation to that business model. Uh, so so that's that's probably what I use the most. And also without task management, I think that my head would literally explode. So <laughs> uh, so I, I use Google Tasks. Uh, it's integrated right with the inbox has the app on the phone but it just lets you get the task off uh, you know clears your mind uh, lets you schedule your days pick the things that you're gonna get through and uh, I just don't see how I could how I could push through uh, productively without without that
0: right oh, I think that's that's incredible and it's such a being organized sounds like the big takeaway there like making sure you're having the right systems and tools in place to be organized so you don't you get it out of your head, and it's on the paper. It's on. It's on. You know, software. So, um, and and keeping organized each and every day is the the key towards making sure you're progressing towards your successful goals uh, in the future. Awesome stuff. Uh, question number four: In one sentence, what has been the biggest failure that you've learnt in your career? Uh, and, and again, what, what was the takeaway from that failure?
1: Success is a hundred percent mindset, and a hundred percent technical ability. So uh, a great mindset and just ability to go take action and do things is required, but it's not the only thing uh, that's required. You need to have some expertise, some technical knowledge, some savvy uh, as well. And and that really goes all the way to my first couple deals. I was really hyped up, had a really good, mentality, mindset, that I was just going and taking action and and just being a doer. Um, But I didn't know what I was doing. And so that got me, uh, that got me into trouble on my first two flips that I did simultaneously. Um, And so that was, that was a good uh, learning point. And really, uh, a, a good answer to that is just, if you're starting something new, you've never done it before, the of course you can learn how to do it by yourself there's so much knowledge and and resources out there but really the best thing is to put yourself on the team of someone who's doing it uh, successfully and use their experience as a springboard uh, and to learn and to be successful
0: love it yeah i think that's super important um making sure you're having the education piece and surrounding yourself with people who can guide you along the way, but also having the get up and go type attitude. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's it, combining those two is really, really important. And so I guess the takeaway from there is that you needed to be more self-aware that you, you didn't know everything and you thought you did. Is that what it was? Yeah, it was that uh,
1: having self-limiting beliefs and uh, not having a growth mindset, that will hold you back. Uh, So you 100% need to have that go-getter, I can do this mindset. But you also need to have the knowledge, the partner, the actual executional experience. So the takeaway is you need both. It's not mindset. It's not the know-how.
0: It's both. You You need them both. You'd be dangerous enough to know what you're doing and not make those mistakes, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mate, last question is where can people reach you to continue the conversation? They want to be in your circle. They want to find out a little bit more about what you do. Where do they go?
1: Well, two businesses, holdfolio.com and syndicationpro.com. Uh, my contact info is live on each of those sites, cell phone number and email. So, if, uh, So if you want to get in touch, check those out, get in touch with me. Uh, And if those of you out there who think that Syndication Pro might be a valuable tool for you, um, mention my name, get in touch with me. Uh, We'll hook you up as being a friend of uh, Reed here with a 30 days free.
0: Awesome. Awesome, mate. Well, look, I want to thank you for jumping on today's show. I think I just want to reflect some of the things that I took away from today's show, which were really important and something that, you know, for you, it seems like you've, you've figured out a systematic way to approach the business and you're not afraid to roll up the sleeves and take on control of property management or construction or the big task of you know, doing developing an online software business in and around helping support the main business of buying real estate. And, it, and it, I talk a lot about on the show about the power of ecosystems and really ecosystems in business create the long-term wealth. Yes, real estate in itself, if you just buy real estate, you will create long-term wealth, but you can... Ten exit and, and get there a lot quicker when you have all the other different pieces of the business, like the property management, construction management, the technology piece. Um, you know, maybe sourcing product from China. You know what we do on our side, but that's really important. I think you embody that, Jacob, in a huge way, uh, and that you're just not afraid to go out and, and, and learn about it, right? And, and you might not know exactly what to do with, you know, exact example, you know, building the the software, but you had the idea, and then thus you approached the right people in order to partner with so they could build it for you and, they, and then you could go off and have this tool that will only make you more successful in the future so so so, so, so from that point of view well done and secondly did it leave anything out
1: no thank, thanks a lot Reed um, what you've brought here I think uh, I'm gonna have to re-listen to it because uh, <laughs> you know I've, I've enjoyed this conversation and and you've brought a lot of great uh, nuggets uh, to the table along with kind of my experience it's been great
0: Awesome, man. Well, look, thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your week and we'll catch up very, very soon. Thanks a lot, Reid. Well, there you have another cracking episode, jam-packed with some incredible advice from Jacob. If you are interested in any of his websites, please remember to go over to syndicationpro.com or holdfolio.com and check him out. He's got some incredible software systems that can help scale your business. Uh, I want to thank you all again for taking some time out of your day to tune in, to continue to grow your financial IQ, because that's what we're all about here on this show. And the easiest way to give back to this show, if you do like it, is jump on iTunes and give it a five-star review. It was all about there, over there. Also, I want to let you know that right now you can get on Amazon is my new book, uh, under audible.com it's called investing in the us the ultimate guide to us real estate it is now live on audible so go over there and get your hands on a copy today it's all the best episodes from this show jam-packed into a book which was launched two years ago it's an amazon bestseller and now it's on audible.com um, i want to thank you again as i said for taking some time out of your day we're going to do this all again next week so remember be bold be brave and go give life